We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio, now available on Clutch Points. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm here with the ultra-entertaining Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it was the first week without football since July, or without, without NFL football at least. How you doing, man? Uh, slightly bummed, man. I, I need some football in my life. But, you know, even though that there's no football on, uh, I'm still amazed because football still remains the most exciting offseason out of any major sport, so there's that. Uh, look, as a fan of the NBA, I think that the first week of July is insanity with all the free agent signings, but I will give the NFL offseason credit that it's longer. Uh, it's more It's more exciting for a longer period of time, but... Nothing to me beats the first, like, five days of NBA free agency. It's always chaos. And now, like, stars are moving around all the time, which is kind of wild. I can I can see that also, but I'm sorry. The draft between the NFL and NBA and NFL is way better. I agree with that. I think um, – and it's more 
it's more important because in the NBA there there are guys that fall a little bit and like you can get franchise players outside of the top five, but in the majority of drafts there's like three or four franchise changing guys, if that. Sometimes there's one and you get him at number one overall. But NFL, I mean, you could find franchise players in the third round uh, often. I think every year there's guys like that. It's deep. There's so many more positions. It matters more. And now in the NBA, too, it's a star-driven league, and a lot of times those draft picks are just getting traded for other stars. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're both great. The NFL offseason has grown on me a lot in the last couple of years. But we will obviously talk about that not a, a little bit on this podcast and then a, a lot more in the coming weeks as free agency is set to kick off at the beginning of March. But before we get into it, guys, don't forget to follow our podcast, like, subscribe, rate, whatever, five stars, wherever you can. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, and Spotify, and iBeatRadio.com, where our show airs Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And you can also find our podcast feed on ClutchPoints.com. Clutch Points is a great app, uh, providing you with NFL and NBA news and anal- analysis and uh, highlights and whatnot. And we are their first team-focused podcast, and hopefully the first of many. And of course, don't forget to follow, check out the other shows on our feed: Rampage Radio and Rams Talk Radio, where I actually just recorded the Rams Talk Award shows with Derek Cipolla and. Former Ram Michael Stewart, which was a lot of fun. That'll be coming out later in the week. I believe this will be the first show out. So I definitely recommend you guys checking out that. I know some of you voted. Thank you, everyone who voted. Um, and yeah, it was a great show. Um, all right, Johnny, I think we can get into this right now. Let's talk about the first thing we're going to talk about is we mentioned the offseason, and the first thing, the first domino that will fall for all the teams is the franchise tag. Now, the franchise tags can get confusing, but basically what it is is you get to designate one player, give him a uh, one – sorry, a one uh, – why am I brain farting right now? You give him a one-year deal, and that deal is worth a set amount of money. I'll give you some examples um, for relevant positions for us uh, defensive end. This year, if you sign your defensive end to a franchise tag, it will be – million dollars defensive tackle will be 15.57 offensive line 15.28 and safety 12 million so johnny i'll just put it to you the rams have 29 million dollars in cap space expect six maybe six million of that to go to draft picks give or take do you think the rams will use a franchise tag and do you think they should uh there's in my opinion there's really no player that's a free agent that really commands a franchise tag, to be honest. Uh, I, I guess you can make a case for, you know, maybe one player. And I think you'd think, I think, you know who I'm thinking of at the moment, but uh, yeah, I, I really, in my opinion, in 2019, I, I wouldn't really use a franchise tag just because, there there really is no need uh, if they can't sign the players um in question then there's probably no reason to apply the tag and to be honest with you we don't have a lot of money to spend so there 
it, it it would be better spent, you know, actually trying to bring in players that they could keep around uh, at a much cheaper price. Yeah, it's this year is a weird one for the Rams because um, the guys that are coming up, they there's no clear like let's give a franchise tag to this guy because a like you said we're we're not really strapped with cash right now. Uh, we have a lot of important players uh, on the books. Most of the team will be back, I think. Uh, let me let me just give for our listeners the notable players that are going to be free agents: Nadalbin Sue, Lamarcus Joyner, Roger Saffold, Dante Fowler, C.J. Anderson, uh, Ethan Westbrooks, Dominic Easley, Matt Longacre, Sam Shields, Sean Mannion. Those guys are all unrestricted free agents, and then uh, restricted free agents are Corey Littleton. Troy Hill, Malcolm Brown, Blake Countess. Um, yeah, that's about it. JoJo Natson's a free agent too. So when you're looking at the franchise tag, the guys who would get considered, and I'm not saying these are guys we should consider, but just the guys that would be in the ballpark for franchise would be Nadamigan Sue, LaMarcus Joyner, Roger Saffold, and Dante Fowler. And when you get into the logistics of these guys on the franchise tag, to me it seems pretty, pretty clear that unless – Fowler is commanding a lot more money in the open market than we think he is. And even if he is, I don't think you should sniff his franchise tag, which is going to be at over $18 million. Um, I do not think in any world Dante Fowler is going to be worth that much. And that would not give the Rams a lot of salary cap space or wiggle room at all. Um, So I don't think you go with him. Sue, his franchise tag would be more than he made last year. If he stays with the team, it, I think it would be on a less than $14 million or at most just the same amount of money. I don't think they need to tag him. Um, I think if the Rams are willing to pony up $14 million, he would just resign on the dot. I think he had a good time being here. But um, he's a guy that would take a discount, but there's a discount between – or there's a difference between a discount and an insulting offer. And for Ndamukong Sue, we'll see what it comes to. But it's not going to be $15 million. Same thing to me goes for Roger Saffold, who oh, offensive line would be around the same price. I can't really see them giving Saffold the franchise tag because A, I don't think he's worth $15 million, And B, I think he might be someone that's going to be seeking more than one year on his contract. And quite honestly, I don't think they disrespect him like that. And then LaMarcus Joyner, safety franchise tag is $12 million this year, but because we franchised him last year, it would be more than that. And he's not even worth $12 million, So yeah man those are kind of my thoughts um I, there's just there, there's no logical player to get a franchise tag this year right not not in my opinion I, I kind of agree with you on all of them uh Fowler in in my opinion is nowhere in the ballpark of 18 million if, if a team wants to go ahead and give them that much money then by all means and and I hope the Rams aren't one of those teams considering to pony up that much money but um, yeah, Sue, I guess would be the only one in my opinion that would be, I guess, wouldn't be that disappointing if we were that concerned on losing Sue. But to be honest with you, considering he was only paid fourteen million last year, there's no reason to give the guy a franchise tag. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't really necessarily want to bring back Sue at fourteen million. I wouldn't lose sleep over it, but um, you know, maybe a little bit less I'd be happy with. But uh, yeah, uh, the rest, Saffold, certainly isn't worth fifteen million, and Joiner 
isn't worth 12 million either. So, um, yeah, in my opinion, there's really no reason why the Rams should use the franchise tag. No, there's really not. Now we need to mention this. Um, so Corey Littleton is a restricted free agent. Johnny, I, I kind of forgot to bring this up on the pre-show, but I did add this into a article going live on ramstalk.net. Should be live by the time you're listening to this podcast. Um, just kind of breaking down some of the this and that with what's the Rams are dealing with cap wise heading into this off season. Corey Littleton as a restricted free agent, so restricted free agents, the team can match any offer they're given. They have first right to match it, and if not, then the guy goes to whatever team signed him. They can also attach a tender to these players. Now, what that means is. If you attach a first-round tender to a player, you're basically having to hold on to $4.4 million against the cap, but if a player comes in and signs your guy to an offer sheet, they would get paid, um, or the team could either match, or you'd get a first-round pick back in return. Now, second-round tender, same thing, except the money would be $3.1 million, or the original round, or later on the draft, it would be $2 million, but... Corey Littleton is the only restricted free agent that I could see a pick tender mattering for. And because he was a undrafted player, it wouldn't be the original pick. I think that they probably will tender him at a second round value. And if somebody offers him a crazy contract, then yeah, they get a second round pick back. But I think that would kind of, that would kind of eliminate teams from really going after him because I think most teams would rather draft a guy in the second round than pay somebody uh, um, enough money that would make the Rams not want to match him and give up a second round pick and have to teach a new player a whole new system. So I it was kind of a long winded rant here, but Johnny, I, do you expect the Rams to put a tender on Corey Littleton? Yeah, I do just because I, I, I think that that Littleton is uh, is in danger of leaving the team, to be honest, uh, if they don't. So I, I think that it's kind of important that they do because Littleton, while I, I think there are certainly uh, better linebackers out there, I, I think in the open market at this point, there isn't a whole lot to go by. So Littleton, I could see, you know, teams really um, trying to draw interest and trying to bring them into the uh, into the market more than, you know, rather than staying with the Rams. So uh, I, I do think it's important. And I think once they do apply the tender to him there, like you said, I don't think there's going to be any teams that'd be willing to give up, you know, a second round pick for him. But um, yeah, if if they if they really don't watch it um, and they, you know, neglect to put the tender on him, I, I don't expect to see Littleton back next season. Yeah. And the good news is he is restricted. So even if they don't tender him, they can still match the contracts he get. But I think putting the tender would all but ensure they're able to bring him back next year. And, um, I think that's the right move. It's a smart move. I think if you don't tender him, somebody might overpay him. That just a team like the Colts or the Jets who have a ton of cap space, maybe they just take a chance on him. He was a good player who really had a breakout year in his first year as a starter. Great special teams player at worst. 
um, pro bowler in that regard. And yeah, man, I, I think it's, uh, I think it would be smart to tender him with a second round tender. You lose three, three million in cap space, but at the same time, even though how precious the cap is, that basically ensures you're bringing back a starter at a position of pretty, pretty significant need. Um, and the good news about not franchising anybody is we won't have the Le'Veon Bell situation, so that's nice, right? Oh God, Le'Veon Bell, that would bring nightmares to me. And then to add on top of that, the whole Antonio Brown situation. Uh, good luck, Steelers. You're, you're going to need it this off season. <laughs> we're we're actually going to talk about Brown a little later, but guys, before we move on, we got a couple Rams news options to talk about here. But before we do, guys. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the team's history with a bit of a personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through lens Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter, and this story spanning the 1950s Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywood's Team and on Twitter at Hollywood's Team. I mean, you guys, if you've already read this book, if you've heard this ad, you bought the book, you loved it, A, let us know. You can email us. You can reach out to us on Twitter. And B, reach out to Hollywood's Team and ask ask Jim Hawk any questions or just let him know you enjoyed the book. You can find this book in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find it through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, this book is worth any every penny for any Rams fan out there. But it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me, you won't regret it. Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's well worth your time. Okay, so we're going to talk about some Rams since happened in the news this week. It's official. Zach Taylor has joined the Bengals as their head coach. Uh, Johnny, give me your thoughts on this hire. It surprised me quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, not so much that you know other teams are going to try and get some coaching prospects from the Rams. I mean, it's it's understandable because. You know, the, the Rams are Super Bowl contending team. So uh, anytime you have that kind of, you know, presence in in, uh, in the playoff system, you're going to draw some interest from the coaching staff. But particularly Zach Taylor uh, becoming a head coach, I thought that was kind of an extreme jump. And before, you know, we mentioned, well, Sean McVay was an extreme jump. Yes, kind of, but at least it was a little bit, you know, a jump into it, it was a small jump from, you know, offensive coordinator to head coach. You're talking about a guy that was a quarterback coach that's young, doesn't really have a huge influence in the league as Sean McVay did to head coaching the Bengals. I, I don't know, like not to take anything away from Zach Taylor because, you know, uh, yeah, he, he was the quarterback coach uh, for, for the Rams. Jared Goff had a, had probably the best career, uh, year of his career. So I guess that is that, but for me, I, I don't know. This one was a head scratcher. What, what are your thoughts, Steve? 
I I hated this hire. I did a podcast with Derek a couple weeks back, and we talked about the head coaching hires. We graded them all. I hated this. I hated Cliff Kingsbury, which I'm not really going to do. That's a completely different story. But Matt LaFleur was another one I didn't like, and very similar reasons to this. I mean, you could say, yeah, Sean McVay, he was the youngest head coach ever, or NFL head coach ever, but he was the offensive coordinator for, I think, two years in Washington, and you look at the numbers that they put up Washington, it was mind-boggling. Kirk Cousins threw for almost 5,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Pierre Garçon, 1,000 yards. Deshaun Jackson, 1,000 yards. Jordan Reed at 686, and Vernon Davis at 583. If Reed didn't get hurt, he's probably at 1,000 yards. Jameson Crowder had 847 yards. All of these guys were just putting up monster numbers. I mean, Rob Kelly, Fat Rob. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. If he is, he doesn't play. That's 700 yards and six touchdowns that year. That offense was chirping, man. They were on fire. They, They were ridiculously good. And they, he got every bit out of everyone on that team. They all overachieved. And that's why Sean McVay got the job. Zach Taylor doesn't call the plays. Sean McVay called the plays. Yeah, he gets some credit for being the office co- or being the quarterback's coach. Jared Goff did have the best year of his career, but I still think most of that credit goes to Sean, uh, Sean McVay. And same thing for LaFleur. Similar job, except at least he got hired to be the offensive coordinator before he being head coach. Quite honestly, I don't think he did a good in te- job in Tennessee, and now you're putting him in Green Bay to coach one of the best quarterbacks of all time. It's a lot of pressure for him. I mean, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to listen to Matt LaFleur. So I could be wrong on both of these hires, but I don't get it. I think you're really just trying to catch lightning in a bottle with somebody who knows Sean McVay's system and coach with him and is just young and might be the next Sean McVay, which everybody is chasing. And to be honest, Maybe, just maybe, Sean McVay isn't the out or he's not the outlier. He's an anomaly. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. I, I think it's kind of stupid, quite frankly, to find the quote unquote uh, next Sean McVay. Uh, there isn't another Sean McVay out there. You know, it, it, he doesn't exist In, unless you have a Sean McVay clone. There, there's, it, 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 he doesn't exist. So I don't understand why you would even pursue this, uh, especially in the form of a guy that wasn't even an offensive coordinator beforehand, wasn't calling the plays. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And you know, I, I do wish Zach Taylor well. I don't, I don't wish it, you know, anything bad of him. I don't. I hope he doesn't completely flop. But you know, I, I don't get cutting Marvin Lewis to replace him with Zach Taylor. Uh, I, I, if I'm, if I'm the, the Bengals, if I'm a Bengals fan, I'd be upset quite frankly, because there, there are a lot of other guys that could have filled in the position a lot better than Taylor, in my opinion. Right. And Johnny and I, and I think most sports podcasters, um, there are some who are just flat out. will never, um, you know, (laughs) What's what I they have their takes and they're standing by him no matter what happens and you could be like yeah Jared Goff is a bust and then he could do this for two years and then you watch Super Bowl and you say what did I tell you Jared Goff not good there are those people out there but for the most part when you have a negative take 
you want to be wrong. And I think we both want to be wrong about Zach Taylor. I don't think I'm going to be. But if, if he comes out and does it, man, good for him. I mean, if next year Sean Mannion signed with a team, threw for 4,000 yards and made the Pro Bowl, yeah, I'd eat my words. I'd be stunned, absolutely floored. But I'd still, I'm still rooting for the guy. I mean, I'm not rooting against him. But, like, I, I just don't – I don't believe in Zach Taylor as a head coach right now. And I think that's the guy, like the Titans did, you go out and get as your offensive coordinator – and I'm not sure. I think Lafleur got his job too early. Um, I think Taylor got his job way too early. I think that's not a good situation for him. Looking at that roster, uh, yeah, you got Joe Mixon, who's a talented player. You got AJ Green if he comes back with an injury, good for him. But you got a quarterback who, literally, the there is a line called the Dalton line, which is named after him because he's just the most the epitome of an average quarterback. And if you could do what McVay did with your Kirk Cousins with him, great for you, Zach. But I don't know, man. That's a lot to ask from somebody like that uh, who's never Actually, met an offensive coordinator. I, I want to try something here to to see if uh, to see if your word kind of reigns true here. What if you uh, would you be happy for a certain tight end named Jared Cook if he won Man of the Year? No, uh, uh, Man of the Year. Yeah, I'd be happy. <laughs> Um, because that's an off the field character driven award. Um, look, if Jared Cook wins Man of the Year or even gets nominated, I'll apologize to him. All right, I I will swear on that on this podcast. If he is nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, but if he won Comeback Player of the Year, you know what? You're right. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be rooting for him or be happy about it. Um, but I hope every player would win Man of the Year. Um, but there are guys you don't like. All right. That's true. But they have to spurn you for a reason. And like Zach Taylor, or even Sean Mannion, they, they haven't done anything to spurn us. Jared Cook, we signed into a big contract. He was an immense disappointment. He didn't really try quite frankly. He shoved Austin Davis on the sidelines. I have my reasons and I think they're justified. Can't shove your boy Austin Davis. <laughs> no, <laughs> or your quarterback in general. He could have shoved Sean Manning and I'd be pissed. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now you know it's real. Uh, okay, in completely unrelated news, uh, Wes Phillips was hired as the Rams' tight end coach. Um, Wade Phillips' son. Obviously, Wade Phillips is going to be 72 next year. So I think this is a good move to keep Wade around and keep him happy. And maybe Wes ends up being a pretty good tight ends coach. I mean, what do you think? You know, if he's half the coach that his that his father is, uh, I'm all for it. You know, uh, especially at tight end because while we did see some improvement from Gerald Everett, eh, I guess you could say there was a slight improvement from Tyler Higby. Also, uh, I I have to say, I I am hoping for even more improvement coming this following year. I don't know if both of these. Well, I'm pretty sure Everett's going to return. I'm not sure about Higby, uh, unless They'll, they should both be back. Um, contract wise, it would make little to no sense to cut Higby unless if they could trade him and get something of value. Yeah, but um, I I'd be really surprised if either of those guys were gone. Everett is going to be here. I think we can set that in stone. Yeah, for sure. It would be extremely odd if the Rams parted ways with Everett for 
whatever reason. But, um, yeah, uh, we definitely need the tight ends to step up even more next season. I think the more weapons at Goff's disposal, the better, especially um, because we've seen how effective that Everett could be. And if, if, uh, you know, Wes Phillips is able to, uh, you know, draw this kind of, um, you know, tight end core to be something even bigger than it was, then who knows? Maybe we have the next coming of a Phillips coach. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of odd. He's not a defensive coach now that I think about it, but, uh, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe, maybe he starts at tight end and he goes defensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't know. You get what I mean. You never know, man. Some people switch it around. Um, was Marty Schottenheimer an offensive coach? Ooh, that's an interesting. Brian Schottenheimer is basically a defensive coach for the opposing team. Yeah, Marty was was more offensive. That's true. Well, no, Brian. I was making a joke. Brian is an offensive coordinator. Have you just uh, purged well, the Brian Schottenheimer years from your memory? I wouldn't. I'm I wouldn't blame you for it. Steve, let me let me forget those awful years. I don't pretty much let me forget all of the years between the Super Bowl years in the early 2000s basically until the past two seasons. Not, I, I want to forget all of that. I'll never forget the Rams have the ball uh near the goal line, seconds remaining in their play to win the game is a goal line fade to Brian Quick. And for those of you who are not Rams fans at the time, as you can imagine, it dot, did not work. <laughs> um, Johnny, Sam Shields announced he's not retiring. You think he'll be back on the team next year? You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was back on the team just because we need depth, you know, and basically our options are kind of limited at the moment. Yeah, uh, we have we basically have, you know, the duo coming back in Tlaib and Peters, which is great. Uh, unless, you know, they cut for whatever reason. I don't imagine they would, but I guess that's an option. Uh, you have Coleman, who, uh, yeah, um, if there's a way to get rid of him, that, or at least spark some sort of anything from him, that would be helpful as well. Uh, but after that, you have Troy Hill, who is a free agent. Uh, you know, we could bring him back. Sam Shields is, you know, he, I thought he did pretty well, all things considering, you know, coming back. Uh, I, would I be upset he didn't sign with the Rams again? Not really, but I wouldn't mind it either. I mean, if you get him for the same cheap contract as this past season, why not? You know, it's always nice to have that veteran presence, especially because I think at some point uh, you're going to see the Rams draft a cornerback, uh, you know, maybe in the later rounds. Hey, what are your thoughts? Don't forget, he was Johnny Hacker's favorite target this year. This is true. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't pay much more than the vet minimum to keep him, but if he's not commanding a lot of money and that's what he's going to get. Yeah. Good leader, uh, underrated special teamer and decent, fine depth cornerback. I mean, 
He got destroyed by Tyreek Hill this year, but he should not be guarding Tyreek Hill. Um, I think everyone can agree on that. I, I don't knock Wade Phillips for trying it, but if Tlaib is healthy, I don't know if that matchup is as just locked in as it is. Uh, so yeah, man, I I would take um I would take Sam Shields back. And dumber take news: there was an article revolving about how the Rams should trade Todd Gurley before his extension kicks in. Johnny. Just we don't have to touch on this a ton. Derek talked about it on last week's podcast for Ramsock Radio. But <laughs> what do you think of the notion that we got to move on from Tiger Early before his massive extension kicks in? Hashtag fire that rider. Uh, like, no, seriously, like, uh, I don't this, – this is so baffling to me. You know, uh, for a guy that had one of the – one of a an amazing season before his injury i all of a sudden just somehow flies off the radar uh, you you'd think that he slapped somebody's puppy like i, I don't get it like what what <laughs> what what did he do to get all of this hate and you know now they're saying trade the guy what what are you going to roll with cj anderson is 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 cj anderson going to be your answer for the future you know don't don't get me wrong cj anderson is is a great player you know he, he showed up for you know a couple games but he's also an older guy that you know before entering the rams jumped from team to team so uh, you, you, it's just so baffling that you would even consider trading todd Gurley. Uh, I don't know. Am I overreacting, Steve? I don't think I'm overreacting. No, there's a case not. There's a case to be made that running backs are not worth the money that you give Todd Gurley, but I think some running backs are, and I think he's one of them. And I, I think it's a dumb notion to say you should trade him when back to back years he has been one of the most valuable non quarterbacks on offense in the league. One offensive player of the year last year. This year, he made a pretty good damn run at it, but Pat Mahomes took the cake, deservingly so. But no, no, you shouldn't trade him. You, he's so young, and he's so good. You lock him up to that contract. Um, it's not one of those things where like maybe teams have figured him out because of how he played in the playoffs. No, it was, A, he was a little hurt, not a lot, not enough to keep him off the field. B, he ran for 100 yards against the Cowboys, so it was only the last two games. And C, Sean McVay loves C.J. Anderson. I don't think he likes it more than Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley didn't have a good first half against the Saints. McVay felt more comfortable with Anderson in the Super Bowl. He wanted to get, split the time. He really likes C.J. Anderson. Everyone needs to understand that. Well, it's, it's not the right move, in my opinion, but no, you don't move Todd Gurley. He's he's too good to move, man. And it, you're, you go into the future with a core of Goff, Gurley, Cooks, and Donald, and you're happy with it, man. I think it's as simple as that. And speaking of Rams running backs, our last Rams news topic here, Malcolm Brown on Twitter, you can follow him at MallyCat underscore 28, was not thrilled that his touchdown did not make the NFL top 25 play of the year. Now, I believe you told me he was at, what, 94? (laughs) That's right. It's actually kind of funny because, like, uh, I don't, I, I don't get how you rank these, to be honest, because 
there were some impressive plays all year long, not just by the Rams, but of course all all over the league. But I, I'm sorry, but that was one of the most entertaining plays I had ever seen before in my life. Like honestly, it was an amazing play. So in a way, I can kind of understand why he was a little upset as it being the 94th ranked play. Uh, I don't know if it's that relevant, to be honest, to be <laughs> upset about it. But, um, you know, to, to kind of diminish the, the overall effect of the play, that was a damn good play. And I, I, I will agree that it should be ranked a little bit higher than 94th. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my <laughs> take on it. I agree. Raking plays is kind of like uh, voting on Grammys, okay? It's completely arbitrary. It's almost entirely opinion-based. Now, there's some, you know, things people can agree on. You know, I think people, for the most part, can agree on what's a bad play and what's a bad song. But in terms of what's a great play, some people think look at other things differently. And most importantly, popularity matters to a strong degree. Uh, there's a reason why a lot of indie artists don't win the big awards at the Grammys. If you don't sell well, you're not going to get nominated. It's not true for TV shows. It's not true for the Emmys. It's not true for the Oscars. It has a little bit of it, but the same thing applies here. Malcolm Brown, unfortunately, is not a popular player. If Todd Gurley had that touchdown, bet your ass is in the top 50. I'll tell you that. But because it was not him and because it wasn't you know, a game-winning player or anything like that, and I think more importantly because we lost the game. And that's probably why it was forgotten about a little bit. I think 94 is a bit insane. Uh, maybe not in the top 25. But that was that was one of my favorite Rams plays of the year, man. Yeah, I, um, he did get a little disrespected. And I don't blame him for being mad. I think it's funny. His tweet was funny. He put the Kanye shrug and Kanye quote from when he interrupted Taylor Swift. Uh, so I love him a little bit more today. Uh, I mean, any anytime you you bring up like a Kanye meme, you already know it's going to be hilarious. But uh, <laughs> but I, I got to say though, uh, you know, for it being lo- ranked so low, let, let's let's talk about something a little bit better. You know what would you know what would boost his rankings a little bit? What would having a nice haircut at the Golden Ram Barbershop? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Tell me, tell me why. Oh, well, you know, I, I went to the Golden Ram Barbershop. They turned this fluffy, ugly individual into Magic Johnny. That I mean, that that's gold in and of itself. It's Golden Ram Barbershop. So at the Golden Ram Barbershop, this is a guy that has wall-to-wall memorabilia of the Rams. If you don't like Rams memorabilia, you're probably in the wrong fan base. Uh, but... This thing is literally a shrine to the Rams, uh, and he basically had it ever since they left uh, Los Angeles. Now that they're back, he has even more stuff. Uh, give it, uh, give it a look. You know, stop by uh, in, in the Orange County uh, at thirteen seven five five Golden West Street in Win- Westminster, California nine two six eight three. It's a by appointment only, so make sure you make that appointment. Get your get yourself a nice haircut. Give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Uh, use promo code RAMSTALK to know that we sent you. 
because hey, he he loves listening to uh, uh, to us about Rams football, and he can he can definitely talk uh, Rams football with the best of us. So um, very knowledgeable, not just about the Rams, but about football in general. So uh, get yourself a nice haircut, talk football, look at some nice Rams memorabilia. Absolutely, man, this is worth going to. So. Um, again, give him a call, 714-894-7267. Love it. And, of course, our friend Sal Martinez over there with Golden Ram Barbershop. Man, you, you're in the area. You can't go wrong with a haircut from Sal. All right. We, we'll be talking about the Rams a lot during this offseason, obviously. But right now, because you know what, man? We've been talking about the Rams for basically every single episode of this podcast pretty exclusively. We're going to go around the league a little bit, talk about... You know, what's going around in our league? The biggest story today is they were recorded this podcast. Antonio Brown asked for a trade. Johnny, what do you make of this whole situation, and where do you think he ends up? You know, it, it was the writing on the wall was there. It's not a huge surprise. Uh, to me, the biggest surprise was that it took this long for him to demand the trade. But, you know... <sighs> I think it's gonna it's gonna basically come down to whether or not the the Steelers will get the value that they want for him, and I, I don't know if they're going to, but I do see like teams gonna be lining up to try and you know make something happen for him, and it's kind of pin it's kind of tough to pinpoint where exactly he could go to. But I I expect teams like, you know, maybe the Raiders being uh, interested in them, what they have to offer them really other than some picks, uh, I, I don't really know. And that's basically what it might come down to is maybe they offer one of their, uh, I think they have four first-round picks. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if the Raiders was a target for, uh, for Antonio Brown, in which case that's going to make a very happy David uh, uh, Derek Carr. I, I'm not sure he's going to net a first-round pick, to be completely honest with you, man. Um, pulling up his contract now, but he, he's he got a high number. He's 30 years old. This year, he's going to make $22 million. Next year, $18 million. You have that $19 million. Um, it's mostly guaranteed. It's not an easy-to-cut contract, so I think... They will ultimately get a second round. They might get a first. They might get a late first, but I think more than likely they end up getting a second rounder for him uh, just because of that age and that money. And for Pittsburgh, you got a guy who doesn't want to be there and a team that, quite frankly, they're they're kind of fed up with him, it seems like. Uh, not everyone in the locker room, but I think Roethlisberger and Tomlin. Uh, another topic for another day on how we feel about those guys. But to me, looking at the draft and looking at cap space, um, you kind of look around the league and I think – the 49ers have the 36th pick, the Raiders have the 35th, the Colts have the 34th. Those three teams, I expect them to make a play at Brown, um, and I think it would be a smart move for any of those teams to do it. The Colts, I think for them, they have a ton of cap space, and you got T.Y. Hilton in there, but why not bring in another guy? You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You have a team that's coming off a hot streak. They're young. They're talented. They're going to be competing in the AFC. You add Brown to that offense, man, it gets a lot scarier. And 
you you got enough money to bring in him and Bell if you wanted to. I don't think they would. Uh, I'd be surprised if those two guys play together next year, but them will make a lot of sense. The Raiders, I don't – I threw them in there just because they're, they're the freaking Raiders, man. Who knows? But timeline-wise, I don't know if he makes another, a ton of sense for them, but it, it wouldn't be a shock. Uh, you know Gruden. And then the 49ers – a team that he has been vocal about wanting to play for. It would make sense for both sides. Uh, he's a target for their quarterback, who they paid a ton of money. You get Brown there for three years. Uh, it's a decently talented receiving core, but adding a guy like that, it elevates it, man. And those, I think, would be the most likely landing spots for Antonio Brown. But a lot of times with this shit, man, you don't know where they end up, and it kind of surprises you where they end up. Moving on, Nick Foles voided his option. He's going to become a free agent. Where do you think Nick Foles plays next year? Whew, that is interesting. Uh, you know, I I do think that there's going to be a market for, for Foles, but I don't know if it's going to be as big of a market as he's thinking. Uh, and I probably think, you know, a team like, say, the Denver Broncos might take a chance on him. I mean, hey, why not? They already uh, tried the Case Keenum experiment. That didn't really have good results. But, uh, you know, they they could no, use <laughs> they could use another quarterback. So uh, who knows? Maybe Nick Foles might be the answer for them in Denver. Uh, they could use as much help as they can get, honestly. Yeah, well, here... Looking down the list of teams, all right, these teams probably could use a quarterback. Jacksonville, uh, not a ton of cap space. Not sure if they could afford, afford fools, but I think they would make it work if they pegged him as their guy. Uh, looking at the Dolphins, I don't see it. I don't see him going to Miami. I don't think they want a stopgap guy. I think they want to bring in a young quarterback. Uh, to me, they seem like the most likely team to draft a quarterback. Washington, $17 million in cap space, not a ton, but... It would make sense for them to bring in Foles on a one-year deal, uh, given that they don't expect Alex Smith back next season. Wouldn't surprise me again with them, too, if they want to bring in a younger quarterback. But, I don't know, they're a very odd franchise, and uh, bringing in Foles for them wouldn't surprise me. Carolina, if Cam Newton's actually out for the whole season, that would make sense. Just a one-year stopgap guy. Um, Foles is more than capable in that regard. Uh, the Giants, I don't I don't see the Giants. Um a, because he won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, and B, they definitely seem like a team that's going to draft a young quarterback and just stick with Eli, if not. Um, Broncos, I think you nailed it. That's probably the most likely landing spot. Uh, Cardinals, no, they're going with Rosen. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it, to be honest. Uh, the Raiders, like, maybe, but I, I doubt it. I think Denver is makes the most sense for both sides even if they draft a quarterback let him sit behind Foles for a year to develop I don't know what kind of deal Foles is gonna be looking for I think if he could go grab 20 million dollars from Denver this year he'll be more than happy to do it but I don't know I don't really see him getting a long I don't see him getting the money and the years um I think he's got to choose which one is more valuable to him but he's gonna be an interesting guy to watch man and I know I knocked Foles in this podcast but uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does outside of Philadelphia because historically it has not been great. Well, he does have a ring there. <laughs> He's got his fucking Super Bowl MVP, man. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, with Foles, I, I'm I'm gonna be surprised if he gets if he gets a lot of money. Also, that that was kind of one of the things too. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if he's worth that much, but you know, this is a quarterback-driven league, so anything's possible, I suppose. Right, and yeah, teams got to get the quarterbacks. Um, obviously, big news coming out this week. Uh, touch your subject. Obviously, Kareem Hunt signed with the Cleveland Browns, uh, one year, one million dollar deal. I will start on this. Look, I think I made a huge uh, mistake. It's inexcusable, but somebody was going to sign him, and whether that's right or wrong. Uh, I'll let you guys be the judge. I he's gonna get suspended. I don't know how long. Honestly, it probably won't be long enough. But he was gonna be on a roster next year. And when you're a general manager, you know somebody's gonna sign him. If you don't do your jobs to the best you can do, then you're gonna lose your job. It's as simple as that. That's what kind of business says. That's why all these guys, um, whether no matter what they did, they're all they're always going to get a second chance. Um, I believe in second chances personally. I hunt. He's got to do the time. Uh, I hope they give him a suspension worthy of the punishment. And I don't honestly know what that would be, but he's going to play this year. And uh, I can't knock somebody as a general manager for doing something that somebody else would have done to keep your job because it's a cutthroat business. Uh, from a football perspective, though. I, I don't really understand this. I mean, you get him on a one-year deal, so it's low risk, but or low risk on the field. But you got Nick Chubb, who's a three-down back and pretty damn good. Um, it was weird. It's going to tank his fantasy value. I will happily take Nick Chubb in the late second or early third if he's there. Please, he's going to be the starter for most of the year, especially because Hunt's going to be suspended. Uh, I, I, what's your whole take on this thing, Johnny? Okay, first thing, it was wrong. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was wrong. Uh, I, I, I don't care what anyone thinks. Fight me. I don't care. <laughs> he he was clearly in the wrong in this situation. And to be honest, the fact that he was let back in the league. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't agree with. And, you know, I, I it's just a lot of questions and I, I won't go into details there. But yeah. OK, so he's been signed. Uh, big deal. Uh, he's now with the Browns. Don't careers die there? <laughs> Not this year, man. <laughs> that, they they had a nice little year last year. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Joking aside, though. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on the thought of why. You know, uh, not to say that Hunt isn't a talented running back. Obviously, he is, and that's probably the reason why he's let back into the league. But... I just like again you brought up Chubb and and the guy in my opinion is probably one of the brighter stars uh upcoming stars in the league you know other than of course Barkley uh you know I, I would think he's the next best guy definitely you know, out of that of, draft of, class yeah for sure and you know I, I would say that this guy could be a top 10 guy uh, going into the future, I don't think that would be a stretch. Um, maybe not quite yet, but I think eventually he will be. And 
the fact that you you brought him in along with you know i i don't know like it just it, it just baffles me because there are so many other needs that the browns have and they went after hunt um yeah yeah uh, good luck to the browns because again you're neglecting the issues that you truly have and this is why they have struggled so long as a franchise for kind of piss poor decisions like this and it's weird because when you have chubb you don't you don't need to bring this into your team um at all uh what comes with signing a kareem hunt it's no and these are completely completely different circumstances and issues is it's kind of why it would be like if um when the the whole Kaepernick thing happened and Jared Goff was going into the season as the Rams starting quarterback it'd be like bringing in Kaepernick because um it's a distraction and I you know I personally think he should have been in the league but not really top we need to have in this conversation but for the Rams it wouldn't have made sense because you're bringing in a guy who people are going to be calling for him to get touches and the job and um, a lot of media presence for a variety of reasons when you want Goff to be the quarterback no matter what. Uh, with Hunt, it's kind of going to be like less polarizing and more like people just being mad that he's out there. And um, I think character rehabilitation is a real possible thing and i hope to god cream hunt becomes a better person and a better guy after he serves a suspension which he should serve and it should be lengthy and i know it might end up being six games but he should not get the same suspension as ezekiel elliott did so uh yeah it's, it's just a weird weird decision by the browns um but you only it was a short-term cheap deal so i get it you're just bringing as much talent as you can but just just a odd move from them. Alrighty. I, I think we could close with this topic, Johnny. Luis Perez, Rams preseason legend, uh, despite not really playing because we had to give Sean Mannion uh, snaps and <laughs> under center, lit up the America the Alliance of American Football, a new league that started this weekend. Uh 252 yards, no touchdowns, but took a 26 nothing victory over the Memphis Express, led by Christian Hackenberg and Zach Stacy, our boy, the Stace God. Uh, the loss was so bad that the Memphis Express signed Jamarcus Russell after the game. Uh, the reason I'm bringing up all this nonsense is this league beat out in the NBA in Saturday Night Ratings, uh, something that's definitely not going to be sustainable, but if they could even keep i don't know half or three quarters of what the ratings were this league might succeed uh what are your thoughts on perez and just this whole thing as a as a whole well perez was someone i i wished we would have saw a lot more of uh during the preseason i think that's something pretty much everyone was hoping to see more of uh, especially because you had guys like Mannion out there that wasn't producing much of anything uh so yeah, the fact that he, you know, albeit it is it is kind of a league filled with basically NFL rejects. No offense to the participants playing, but um, I mean, you got you got Trent Richardson, Zach Stacy, and Christian Hackenberg running around out there. I mean, those were uh, three players who 
failed in the NFL. And no disrespect, uh, we're sitting here on our couches talking about football. Uh, if you get to the NFL and don't make it, it's way more of an accomplishment in your athletic career than most of us will ever see. That's very true. That's extremely true. <laughs> and again, it's not necessarily a knock, but it's kind of reality. Uh, that's basically what this league is being composed of is is basically NFL rejects. And uh, kind of, I think the only angle, in my personal opinion, that you know the AF is, is kind of going through that is slightly better than the NFL is that they just let the players play. And one of the things, uh, I, I forget who it was, but there was such a freaking knock. Um, somebody just absolutely trucked a quarterback in the league. Uh, it's kind of pissing me off that I don't remember who it was. I, I saw got, the play you're talking about, but I, I could not tell you what player that was. Oh, man, he got trucked. And those were the kind of hits that, you know, the NFL – you know, gained a lot of fans from, and guess what? There was no penalty called on that, but I guarantee you if that same play occurred in the NFL, there would not only would be a flag, but there would be a fine for that defender. And that's just, (laughs) well, it it depends what quarterback's getting hit. I mean, if that's Tom Brady, that guy's getting a a longer suspension than Kareem Hunt's about to get. And if that's Cam Newton, uh, the refs are keeping that flag in their pocket. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the angle. If I'm if I'm marketing AAF, that's the angle I'm I'm gonna go after is that we play real football here, and you know for me that that's what caught my attention. And, and of course, you know uh, I, I I am rooting for Luis Perez honestly because I don't feel like he was given much of an opportunity with the Rams, which is a shame because I do think he's talented and. This is kind of showing it. Uh, again, these are NFL rejects, so uh, maybe not. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that he becomes MVP of the league. I really do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope so, too. It'd be a cool story if Luis Perez got cut by the Rams, won AF, AAF, this freaking name, MVP, and then came back to the Rams and was Jared Goff's backup for the next four years. I would love that. That would be incredible. Um, but, Johnny, I'd be lying to you if I said I watched a single live snap of AAF football this weekend. I did not. Um, I hope it succeeds for the players. Uh, it'd be nice to have a minor league. It'd be benefit everybody. Um, if football year-round is your thing, by all means, keep watching. I hope it succeeds. I hope the XFL succeeds. I hope we have as many outlets as possible for players to make money because if you don't succeed in the NFL – you either got to like move to Canada or play for uh you know week to week check pretty much you're not making any money if you're not even making a you can't play football right now besides the AF as a full-time job really um if you're not in the NFL in America I don't I don't even know if the Arena League still exists but I can't imagine they make much money right now so I hope it succeeds and I hope the XFL succeeds too but personally I will not be watching because I, I <laughs> the NFL sucks up so much of my time for six months, I'd say, because you prep in July and you got the playoffs. So 
yeah, at six or seven months. I, I'm going to enjoy these months off. I'm going to enjoy my Sundays of not watching football for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of people in my life I need to hang out with and talk to. And I can't be doing that if I'm spending 12 straight months just breathing in football while working a full-time job. So I think if TV shows ran every week of the year, um, you wouldn't enjoy them as much as if they ran four months of the year like most do um i like professional wrestling but i can't watch five hours of programming every week because it gets old uh i wish they took a break maybe had a little off season but (laughs) i don't know are you are you gonna how hard are you gonna follow this also their website sucks and i'm calling them out right now i try to look at a box score from one of these games literally the box score page is just a screenshotted photo of the quarter scores and the final score and then another screenshotted photo from a different website of the team stats which is basically like an interface that looks clickable and you should be able to click on each team's box scores and see their stats but you can't because it's a fucking screenshot and i can't believe that this league has a tv deal but can't afford a developer to build a box score system on a website for a professional sports league that's it that's my rant this has been a rant by steve ribero (laughs) (laughs) um you know i i wasn't planning on watching this league i thought okay here comes another league that's gonna just outright fail and and you know to be honest i was kind of expecting the same for the xfl but i gotta admit i really enjoyed seeing a quarterback just get the shit beaten out of him because god the nfl you, I, I can't stress enough how frustrating it is when you have a beast of a player like Aaron Donald and he gets flagged for breathing on a quarterback. So, like, for me, as a d- defender at heart, I played, you know, a defensive line in, in, uh, in high school. So, for me, uh, I love seeing this kinds of hits. It, I mean, it, it's kind of adrenaline-inducing. I love that fact, and for that reason alone, I'm going to at least make an effort to watch a couple of games. And if it turns out to be how I think it's going to turn out to be, then, well, nothing lost, really. I just go back to watching the Lakers lose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sixers whooped that ass on Sunday, by the way. You know, uh, you don't Trust see the process. this right now. You don't see this right now, Steve, but I'm actually putting up a finger. Can you guess which one it is? <laughs> uh, hey, man. Uh, pinky? Out of respect for the Sixers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that that's... Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I'm holding up three fingers. Let's, let's put it that way. And I want you to read between the lines. Can you guess which one it is now? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not guessing. Yeah, Lakers suck. I'm just just gonna say it. I, I love my Lakers. I have. I am a diehard Laker fan, but LeBron isn't Kobe. Oh my God! Get the fuck out of here. Do not bring that I'm take saying. on my podcast. LeBron isn't Kobe. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> what did Kobe do when he had a bad team? He got knocked out in the first round. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and demanded a trade. 
no offense to any of my Lakers fans, people conveniently forget about the fact that Kobe Bryant literally requested a trade for the offseason after he forced Shaq out of town and wouldn't play, wanted out of town. There was a deal in place to go to the Pistons and something fell apart at the last minute. And then they, they mended the fences and he came back and became a legend. He's not better than LeBron. He's probably one of the 10 best players of all time, but he's not better than LeBron. Maybe right now he... It, no, it, he's not better than LeBron. I'm not. I'm not fielding this argument. <laughs> I'm just saying more rings. Oh my fucking god, Robert Horry's better. Oh god, you didn't more know rings, that. more rings. <laughs> this is true. This like, is true. Like LeBron wouldn't have three peated if he was on Shaq's team for those first couple of years. I, I maybe maybe, but. Uh... Point being is uh, he ain't he ain't the Mamba. Mamma Mia. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> wow, this, uh, this went into like a completely different realm here. I look, you can find me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro. Come at me with your Kobe is better than LeBron takes because you're just wrong, guys. Better Laker? Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna be a better Laker than Brown was. You got LeBron at 34 years old, but. <laughs> The peak of their powers is not close. Kobe was great, and not even trying to disrespect him. One of the best players of all time. Maybe the best player of his era, along with uh, Timmy Duncan. But not better than LeBron. Uh, and the MV- you count the MVPs. Um, that's all you got to do, man. Kobe has one MVP, and LeBron has four. I, I think I like, you know, finding these... Uh little triggers that just kind of just kind of gets to steve you know i i i feel like i find them you've you found a lot come on this podcast (laughs) that's one of them look i love lebron i am a staunch lebron defender uh honestly though i'm happy he's not in philly uh if you don't know i'm a sixers fan here but because it was kind of a (laughs) it was kind of a mess over the last couple weeks man um, LeBron, when he comes to town, he takes over the team. And I mean, for the situation the Lakers were in, uh, you're, I, you gotta, this is what you want because yeah, it's not going well right now, but next off season, you could have Anthony Davis and somebody else in there and you could be competing for a title, but it's, it's a whirlwind. There's a lot that comes with having LeBron James, your team, man. And you guys are experiencing it firsthand. Bring back Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kobe, Kobe. Uh, never forget that he almost played for the Pistons. All right, guys. I, we're going to wrap this up here because we're spewing off into nonsense land. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TalkRams uh, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RamsTalk. And don't forget to hit us up in the Rams Talk room on Facebook if you don't have it. Ask one of us. We'll get you access to it. Um, you can find Johnny on Twitter at johnny 5 6 You can find me at Steve Ribeiro. My last name is spelled R-E-B-E-I-R-O. If you think Kobe is better than LeBron, come get schooled. I am here waiting for you. Uh, it's just not a true statement. Um, and don't forget to find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify, and iebeatradio.com, Wednesday, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And 
uh, check out our podcast for the rest of the week. There's a really good show coming out with myself, Derek, and uh, former Ram safety Michael Stewart giving out all of the Rams awards. If you voted on it, you're going to want to listen. Um, and even if you didn't vote on it, give it a listen. It was, it was a good show. All right, guys. For Johnny Gomez, I'm Steve Brown signing off. Hashtag Kobe is goat. type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters Jalen Brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of LA is real people and 30 feet is still in range Hurry, action. where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the NBA only here season begins December 22nd on ABC ESPN TNT and NBA TV You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials. One device included. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.